When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the SteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we preview whatever we want. At this point in the offseason, we're going to talk about whatever we want. So buckle up, baby, as they say in the Pittsburgh Penguins realm. It's uh, time to talk with the triumphant trio. Uh, Dave Schofield, what's going on, Dave? Oh, I, I almost busted into our signature ending of our show after <laughs> after hearing after reliving that origin story on Wednesday with Let's Ride. Uh, it's going well. I'm uh, ready to talk to my buddies about some Steelers stuff. That's what it's all about, Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? I still have Olympic fever, but Olympic fever does not touch the Pittsburgh Steelers even in the off season. These Olympics just aren't doing it for me. They're not. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. This week, everyone's been talking about it on our PM shows. The news that Pat Meyer, oh my gosh, Pat Meyer. Can you believe they hired Pat Meyer? That guy's such a schmuck. Pro Football Focus told me so. That guy. So yeah, they hired this guy. And I felt like it all stems, and I wrote this article for the website, it all stems and comes down to the age-old debate which is more value coaches or players? That's the question. And so for me, I had someone on Twitter when I wrote this article that ran seven o'clock on Thursday AM Eastern time. Someone on Twitter said that position coaches are almost more important than coordinators and head coaches outside of game day. I was like, well, that that's a little much for me, but I want to ask you all, Brian, let's first talk about this. How important are position coaches in your opinion? I think they're important, but you have to have the horses to be able to be able to uh, use your plan. Sorry, hey, I got I got all flustered there. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> um, two losses <laughs> to already execute. Only two minutes in. Let me try that again. <laughs> 
Jeff, Dave, that's a great question. And you know what? <laughs> coaches are important. Position coaches are very important. But you need to have the horses to be able to execute your plan. Yeah, I agree. Dave, what do you think about that, just in terms of how important are these position coaches? When you have a really great position coach and really great players at that position, and they are just blowing everyone away, it it makes you get this lofty expectation of – how these things work, you know, and the Steelers have had this with various position coaches and players throughout their history. So it's the infamous chicken salad reference, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with, with, with a coach, there could be a coach that could be the, the best position coach in the NFL. And if he just doesn't have the players to work with it, there's, you could say, Oh, well, they could coach them up. You know what? You can coach me up all you want. I'm still not going to be able to throw a football 30 yards. <laughs> you know, I'm just not. Um, but you're like, but these are professionals and they can get there. We, you can see drop-offs in things. People get upset that, oh, wow, the, you know, the Steelers, what are they going to do if this person goes down? We don't have someone like that behind. You think everybody has another TJ Watt sitting on the bench ready to go in if he gets hurt? No. There, there's obviously different levels of players. So if you don't have the players, it doesn't matter how great the coach is. And if you have good players and you don't have a very good coach, it's really hard for them to overcome things that, that could be holding them back in that realm as well. So it really is the two things coming together. Good coaches can get the best out of their players. And like yeah. you said, there's difference, differing levels of players. Uh, you have the super athletes, the super the, the pros basically. And then you also have those players that are middle of the road players, but you can still get the best out of them. That's I think what a good coach does. Uh, but nonetheless, like Brian said, you got to have the horses. Now let's talk about the other side of this debate. And that is when you think about the blame game, because that's what this all comes down to. It comes down to the blame game. Who are you blaming when things go South, whether it's a lack of production, like the Steelers running game, whether it's a loss, it doesn't matter. You blame the coaches or do you blame the players brian we'll start with you like dave said like we tried to talk about here that you can have the best game plan in the world but if you can't if you can't move those guys out of the way on the offensive line Najee harris is not going to get going so you cannot you it's the players for me you cannot have subpar players executing a great plan now somebody on the live chat said hey belichick gets a lot out of average players he's probably the only guy but for me and that's true but there's not a lot of belichicks around when you look at everybody's favorite to come back and everybody wanted mike munchak to come back and you can ask yourself what would have mike munchak done with these guys in 2021 i mean i don't think he would have done much more and you saw it in Denver where their line was not very good because they did not have the the players. They did not have good enough players. Now, you know, this guy that's coming in, Pat Meyer, Oscar Meyer, I, I don't care what his name is. It doesn't matter. They, they looked at this guy. They looked at his credentials. They talked to him. They thought he could be a good fit. But the problem with Steeler Nation, we want brand names. We want, we want Levi's. We want 501 button washed, uh, excuse me, uh, 
Uh, <laughs> button fly, stonewash jeans if we're in the 80s. You know, we want that. We don't want Costco brand. You know, we we just don't want we don't want if you're if you're from the 80s, you don't want rustlers. You know, but guess what? They they work just fine. So this guy's not a brand name, and everybody was complaining because it wasn't somebody that they knew. But Bill Cower, when he was hired, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. He's got a funny mustache. Great. We just hired Magnum PI. We hired <laughs> this kid. You know, and then next thing you know i'm like oh my gosh i love this man and it was like three months later i'm like this guy is awesome so you know what we want the brand name but you're not always going to get the brand name and the brand name is not always best for what you need would zubas be a brand name is that okay or are those not zubas good? the joey butafuco <laughs> pants remember he used to wear those <laughs> i had a couple pair i had a couple I... pair I have a pair. I had pairs when I was younger, and my my brother bought me a pair of Steeler Zubas uh, not too long ago. <laughs> Man, if they gave him size, I would be all over that. I was in my it, grunge yeah. phase in <laughs> when Zubas were phase. out. Oh yeah, man! I was wearing Doc Martens shorts, an overcoat, and uh, Junkos, Junko jeans. Uh, gosh, that might yeah. have been after your time, Brian. You uh, I, I don't know. I mean, by then you I was. Agree. I was Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all Stone Temple Pilots and all that stuff for a little bit. So, what year was your trial marriage? The oh the the starter wife that was a uh, nineteen ninety nine to officially two thousand three, but you know <laughs> that kind of fell apart when other dudes were showing up around two thousand one. <laughs> all right, so I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> We keep it real here, my friend. We keep it real. Uh, Dave, what do you think about the coach versus player debate? All I know is that sometimes you can just have that team that you just don't have the experience, you don't have the talent, you don't have the size, and you just expect that team to go out there and get trounced every week. And then all of a sudden, those ragtag bunch of fourth and fifth graders have the two best coaches that they could possibly have <laughs> and find themselves winning a game at the buzzer that was never to be expected. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard about this. The men in the hills were singing songs <laughs> about the 16-16 tie. No, no, no. It was a 14-16 win. 16-14 victory. Oh, oh. yes. So uh, – if you want to know more about this story, you can listen to Jeff's Let's Ride on, on, on Friday morning. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yes, it's actually rather entertaining. Um, no, but I, back to answer the question, I mean, co some coaches can get more out of their players. I've, I was, until we finally did, I was under, I, I made this statement about Andy Reid a lot. I always have thought Andy Reid was a good coach. And I said the biggest problem with Andy Reid is that he gets more out of his players than he should. And therefore they're not drafting high enough to get better players. And, and, and it's not like they're going to improve because they're already getting so much out of it. And it's really hard for him to break through. He finally broke through um, with that. I mean, that, that seemed like that was a problem and that can be a problem with certain coaches. When you get so much more out of your players 
than what you should, then all of a sudden they, they're needing bigger contracts and you can't spend on free agency, or do you have to let your players go? And then they're not as successful somewhere else. Wait a second. This is starting to sound a little bit familiar um, when, when you think about these things. So sometimes you could actually overcoach your players and you could have a guy named Duck actually get on, put you on the verge of the playoffs and things like that, that you could, that, that you'd get more out of your players and it's harder to build that way because of that reason. But part of what, what you can do is then you get this expectation that players are better than what they really are because they're actually being overcoached. Um, and then there are sometimes if you really want to want, want to check out something, Jeffrey Benedict and I had a vertex article at behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It was out on Thursday and it looked at how, Juju Smith-Schuster, since Ben Roethlisberger came back, between them not being able to connect and how the Steelers were utilizing him, really wasn't living up to what he could do. It can work both ways. You can overcoach players, or you could take players and and have to pigeonhole them into something else other than what brings out the very best in them. Devlin Hodges is in the CFL, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not yeah, even the USFL. <laughs> He's yeah. he but he, he stiz, is on a Canadian Football League roster. I don't the, think he, I don't even think he was the starter, was he? The Hamilton Red Hawks or something like that. Um, the, the Ottawa Roughhousers or something. Roughnecks or something. I don't know. Ottawa Red Hawks. It does either Knicks, way. Yeah. Think about his career trajectory. I mean, a camp arm somehow gets on the practice squad. Injuries happen, elevated, wins a bunch of stupid games. Yeah, it kind of falls off towards the end of the season. Then he goes to the Rams, am I right? Yeah. With the Rams, then obviously he goes to Canadian football. But, I mean, think about, like you said, where he was with Pittsburgh. He was a sensation. My gosh. Everyone had duck fever, duck season. That's all they talked about. I, I always go back to when we talk about coach versus players, it's, the age old saying that the coaches get too much blame when they lose and not enough credit when they win. And that's, I, I believe that. And I honestly, goodness, if anyone's ever coached any sport, high school or, or up, you know, that there are teams that you have that are just not as good. You could do the best job ever. You could be that bill Belichick of your sport in your area in whatever, and you're never going to win the games. Be, but if you take your skill set over to that team across town, that has that great, feeder pattern and everything and they're just loaded heck you'd win a state title it's just the way that it is and it's the way that it works out sometimes i I still just think that the steelers coaching staff let me ask you all this since we're talking about coaches does it irk you a little bit or make your make you and we're back (laughs) make you kind of wonder what's going on that they have one of the smallest coaching staffs every single year no matter what like what is when you hear that what does that tell you brian we'll start with you it it tells you that uh, the head coach is keeping it close, and they're they feel that he maybe he could do so much more. Um, there's been now I'm not I'm not subscribing to this. I'm just reporting the news, and there's people out there saying that well, for having because he has a small staff, he wants to keep control and. And uh, when Pat Meyer was coached, they're like, all right, bad hire. And now the, he just wants to keep the coaches down and under him and let everybody know who's the man. And I don't believe in any of that. But what I'm saying is that 
it's probably uh, a small group by design by the coach for whatever reasons that uh, Mike Tomlin wants it to be. Now, Jerry Dulac, our buddy Jerry Bear, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he paints a pretty star, pretty, I'd say pretty dire picture of the Steelers and a very cheap picture of the Steelers in his weekly chats, if you ever read his answers, that one of the reasons why they don't have a big coaching staff is why they're cheap. They don't want to pay them. That's what he says, not me. That's what Jerry Dulac said. You can check it out for yourself. But Dave, when you hear that, that the Steelers coaching staff is one of the smallest in the National Football League, what what, what comes to your mind? Well, the reason that that they come off being cheap is because they're all oh, they spend so little money on their coaches, but that's only because they have so few of them. You know, obviously, if you had more coaches, that would be more salaries, and that then you would spend more. But with them having a small staff, Mike Tomlin's always been the kind of person that doesn't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. He feels like you could have too many people. You, you don't want too many people in the ear of your quarterback all at once. You know, that's why sometimes they'll, they'll keep that down. Um, whether that's right or not, that's his philosophy. So whether or not he needs to delegate more, whether or not he's already a great delegator, whether or not those types of things, I just, that too many cooks in the kitchen line that I've heard him say before is just something that stands out to me more than anything. Yeah, it's, I'll be curious to see what the Steelers do this off season. So they're going to have to bring in an outside linebackers coach. Uh, I just don't see them telling uh, Terrell Austin to do what Keith Butler did or to ask Jerry Olsavsky to, to work with the outside linebackers. I'm assuming they're going to bring in an outside linebacker coach. But do they replace Terrell Austin's old position as the senior, secondary, whatever that crazy title was that he held? Um, I don't know. It, people always want to find something to nitpick about the Steelers. That's just the fan base. That's just the fan base. That's what they like to do. It's like their favorite pastime. No, it's not baseball. It's picking on the Steelers for some reason or the other. Um, but Brian, let me ask you another question. This was kind of a topic I talked about on, I think it was Monday or maybe it was, I don't know. It was all about how you have to have hope and faith in the Steelers organization. And that faith and trust is what equates to hope. Can you say right now, Brian, that you have hope in the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And if so, why? Absolutely, with a capital A and a lot of exclamation points. And here's the reason why. Because this is a team that, and we keep going back to 2019 and talking about Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph and that team, the the team that the Miami Dolphins traded Minka Fitzpatrick to because they did not think this team was going to win another game. They had better offers for Minka Fitzpatrick, but they went with the Steelers because they thought the Steelers were going to have a horrible season when Ben Roethlisberger went out, and that did not happen. This was a team on the verge of the playoffs. A three-game losing streak at the end kept them from doing it. So if a team like that can, a, a team can do that, you've got to have hope. If you look at eight and eight being the worst record that Mike Tomlin has ever had in. 15 seasons in Pittsburgh, you've got to have hope. When you go back to years like 2002 and 1989 and 1984, teams that had no business being in there. Go back to 1992, Bill Cowher's first year. Sports Illustrated had them at 4-12. and 12. But this is an organization that I don't care what Rooney is up top. It's still the Roonies. It's still a culture. It's still a team 
team that worst record in the last 15 years is eight and eight and other teams would kill for that to be their worst record. Yeah. I have hope because I know what they can do. I know the culture. I know how they do things and I know that it always works out. But what I do know is that a nine, seven and one record is horrible for a lot of fans because when you have four Super Bowls in the 80s, you have two more Super Bowls in the 2000s, people are people expect it. And there's a lot of people that will think that a team that loses in the AFC championship game or loses in the playoffs is a losing horrible season in Pittsburgh because they expect a Super Bowl or bust every single year and they don't get it. Dave, I want to throw it over to you about hope. You have hope in the Steelers future. And if so, why? Uh, I'm sorry. I was having flashbacks to Peter Pan, you know, faith, trust, and pixie dust or whatever it was you were trying to say. Oh, um, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never seen we can Peter fly. Um, sorry. Uh, you have five kids. What are you talking about? Um, they're getting, they're really into the mighty ducks right now. Just saying. So oh, know. okay. That, 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 that's all right. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> no, about, about having hope. Yes. Um, there's just, you it, I think trust is the big thing. If you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're talking about this team, this organization, you have to trust in what they're doing. It's so funny how what fans love about the Steelers, they also criticize about the Steelers. This team is a rock. This team, we've had three head coaches since 1969. Yes. And then they'll turn around and say, sometimes you just need some fresh ideas. You don't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't say you need fresh ideas, but part of what makes the Pittsburgh Steelers such a good organization and that no one else has won more Lombardies than they have is the fact that they are stable. Then all of a sudden you turn around and want them to do something contradictory to that nature because you just want it. So you have to trust in them. And you're right. They do sometimes break that trust a little bit that – that you're like, oh, well, we trusted that this was going to happen and it didn't come through. You know, guess what? One team is does not win the Super Bowl. Sorry, the same team does not win the Super Bowl every single year. Obviously, one team wins it every year. But only one team wins it. And it's not the same team every year. Things aren't, for 31 of those teams, things are not going well. But the Steelers are one of those teams that every single season when you're getting down to the last couple weeks, they are still a team that is talked about as being in contention. And sometimes it just takes being in contention. Did we expect four, two number four seeds to, to meet in the Super Bowl this year? No, we didn't. Because all you just got to be there and get going. So the, the fact that the Steelers are always in the mix should allow you to trust that they are doing something to make that happen. Our own uh, Maddie Peverell gives us uh, $7.99 in dingo dollars. Dingo and dollars. Uh, yeah, only winning Super Bowls is the Steelers, though. That's what they say success is so it's damn fair the fans come to expect that as the standard. So let me – I was going to follow this up, and Brian, I'll throw it over to you. What about the Steelers, though, has caused you to say 
Boy, they have burned me though. Like, what? What is something that? Because it has happened to everyone. We're all fans. We all have, have experienced the gut punches. What is it about the Steelers? Oh, yeah, we do have faith and we do trust the Steelers will make the right decisions. But what about this team? Maybe gives you pause a little bit. That's okay to say, by the way. A lot of the time in the big spots, not going outside of the organization. The Randy Feetner thing burned me like crazy. I that was just a typical move, and I hated it. The hiring and, and firing. It, it really set this. <laughs> the, the hiring it, it set it, it it set this team back a few years. It it really did. So th- that kind of stuff, even the Adrian Clem thing, just I mean, they probably with the. Uh, probably with the assistant coaches and holding on to a lot of these guys way too long. That's a problem. And we go back to, I mean, the topic of the show was coaches. What's more important, really coaches or players. And we realized that you need to have players, but you, but when you talk about coordinators, you need to have a great scheme. You need to have a a better scheme. And so I give Matt Canada a pass because because we haven't seen his scheme the right way yet. Now, this year, if it's going poorly this year, then you then you're probably then you're gonna be like start getting that itch to like, all right, maybe he's definitely not the wrong the right guy. We're probably gonna feel that way. But that's kind of what burns me a little bit, just where you're just bringing this recycling guys, just keep on hiring from within. And just not really uh, going for it as much. But one thing that they that everybody talked about them being conservative, and Kevin Colbert has changed that the last few years as far as trading players and bringing guys in that moves that oh the Steelers will never do that. Well, Kevin Colbert started doing that, and now there's hope that that stuff will be that that kind of move can be made and it's been done. So, you know, you feel better about that. The fact that the organization has come out of the dark ages. So that's the one thing that doesn't burn you, that makes you feel better. But if you asked me a couple of years ago, that's probably what I would say is they're not open to bring guys in. And now it's the fact that they're keeping guys around way too long. And I'm talking coaching. Very interesting. Good stuff. Isaac Aguilar, longtime viewer and listener of our podcast. He gives us $5. Thank you very much for the tip. He says, got a one and a half hour drive back home. Hope you guys planned a long one. Go Steelers. <laughs> hey, there's plenty of stuff you can listen to on the That's audio true. side. That's plenty true. of good stuff. If you haven't check out, uh, uh, if you haven't listened to let's ride, either of them yet this week or stat geek or lots of good shows that you have yeah, that course. you can listen to when this for one's sure. done. Uh, can I say something about the Canada thing? You can say whatever you want. Because Brian brought up Matt Canada and everything. Whether it's Matt Canada or not, people need to understand what he represents and and why he was brought in when he was. Matt Canada represents a change in style. That whether it's Matt Canada or he moves on or the Steelers move on from him and it's somebody else, it's probably going to be a different style that is more like what the NFL was trending towards. The Steelers just braced themselves to transition into a different type of style when they still had their aging quarterback that was that was that was around from the quote unquote older style, meaning from 
when he was when he was first there. So the whole idea that you're transitioning into this other thing doesn't Matt Canada could could resign tomorrow or the Steelers could fire him and they're going to replace him with someone else with similar philosophies um, when it comes to offense. The, the Steelers are basically making a transition in that direction. Um, and you'll see it a little bit more each year. Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, Dave, keep the uh, go ahead and keep the baton and answer the question about what about the Steelers might chap your you know what? Like what okay. what what kind of bothers you about the Steelers organization? Oh, see to me, what chaps me more than anything is Steelers fans. But uh, that's not no, where we're going. We could have fifteen <laughs> yeah, could straight shows about Steelers fans <laughs> and how they bother us sometimes. Yes. So go ahead. Uh, let's see. Brian hit on so many different things there that, uh, that you could say, uh, the, sometimes it's a narrative though, that you don't really know if, if it's really, if it's really the case. Um, like, like the whole idea of being cheap with the, with the coaches that could really bother you, but is it, is that really what's going on? Is that really true? Um, and that's the thing with the Steelers. So I don't know that there's something there that, that really before last season and before they signed TJ Watt, the way that they did, I would say that they, that they stick to the old school plan of how they're doing contracts. When, if you want to, uh, if you want to entice players to stick with your team or come to your team, that you, you are so stuck in your ways of doing things that I think will hurt you with players coming in. That's probably the thing that would bother me the most, but with TJ Watt, we saw that being a little bit different. I don't know if that's going to be the exception or the rule moving forward. So we'll see. I don't have any complaints about the Steelers organization. Just win a flipping playoff game. Can you please? <laughs> like that's my biggest gripe. Like that's what really gets me hot under the collar is when I bet you, you have all the success and you can talk about, Mike Tomlin's and that's getting it. And I'm not the one that said this, but I agree with him. Knight Ryder said it in the live chat. That whole narrative is getting kind of stale for me. I know it's impressive, but the whole non losing season thing, like, okay, but you haven't won a playoff game since 2016, 2017. Like we have to start as fans expecting at least a winner. I mean, Dave said you got to be in the mix and they have been in the mix. They're not doing anything when they get in the mix. <laughs> that's what really bothers me mm -hmm. about this. It, yep. It's also the fact that the defense is giving up like 40 points in the playoffs. Offense yeah. is turning the ball over. It's just so sloppy in the game that matters the most. That's what bothers me uh, about the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization right now, but it's, it, it is what it is. It, it, we're always going to have hope. I think, yeah. I think a good Steeler fan always does kind of have hope. Um, I wanted to do something we haven't done in a while here. And I wanted to open up uh, the show for some questions. So oh, man. I had a game to play too. So we can do some questions first, but I, I, I was going to do something as trivia, but I was going to do something else as a game too. Oh, well, okay. but, I, um, I didn't know that. No, I, 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 I forgot to tell you about that. Well, okay. um, a lot of people always say like, y'all don't answer questions from the live chat. Unless let's, let's do some, let's do a few so questions. I was like, okay, this won't take long. The other let's thing do have. some questions. Uh, let me put it in here. All right, so questions on the show, Facebook or YouTube, anyone that's watching live can go ahead and fire away, and uh, we'll answer some questions, whether it's a question about uh, Dave's hat and how it actually is a Steelers hat and not a, yeah. I don't know, some people think it looks just like a random, it's just one hypocycloid yeah. is gold. Yes. So, uh, 
Can yeah. I answer something from the from the live chat that was earlier? It was about Stat Geek. Was they, they said it got cut off at the end. We yeah. were aware of that situation and we reloaded it. I don't know if it reloaded on every platform. Um, it was not our doing. It was something with the uh, with on the not even it definitely wasn't was it Brian Jeff myself. Yeah. It was just something. Um, I'm not even sure on, on on which end, but it was above us. But it was fixed on most places. Um, I know it's good in Apple Podcast. If not, you could always go to the article at behindthesteelcurtain.com, and you could click on it if you if you need the last about eight minutes or show or so of the show. All right, let's get to some of these questions. We're gonna do these rapid fire, so get yes. ready. All right, here we go. Greg W. Will Canada's offensive velocity be inclusive of Rudolph's abilities, Brian? Probably, yeah. I, I think uh, I think he'll adapt to it, but Rudolph is probably a lot better at adapting to that than Ben Roethlisberger at thirty nine would have been. Dave, somewhat. I, I don't think people yeah. should look at the the Detroit Lions game and think that's what it's going to be. He was told on Saturday he was starting on Sunday. They did not have a game plan in place for Mason Rudolph. Keep that in mind. Here we go, James Galloway. How much for the BJ Finney pants, Bad? Are they on the market? Are you still wearing those at bed, or is those like your pajamas? I didn't know what your deal was with those. You know, they're size 38, which, you <laughs> know, that in there not tw- too long ago. Yeah, and I'm Ooh, about to again. The world. I, I just dropped 25, so, I mean, I, yeah, I'm hoping job. to get hey, back, good job. back into them. Good job. But I would like to get another pair so uh make me an offer and you can have them <laughs> isaac aguilera one year for Mariota, draft a quarterback next draft hey if you listen to my let's ride podcast i'm all about it let's bring in Mariota. let's see what he does but i'm not overpaying for him either but brian what do you think he was three and a half million dollars last year on a one one year deal i'd pay five for the guy and i would bring him in for i mean i think he'd be a perfect bridge dave He's, I mean, he's a guy that you could overly offer him that much and say you have a chance to to earn the starting job. Uh, I don't look at him as much like a lot of people were like Jimmy G, Jimmy G. No, you don't want to give the draft capital to change. He's not worth the $24 million, and he's not that much of an upgrade than what you have. That's the thing you want to look if you're going to spend. If you're going to spend more than what Rudolph costs now, make sure it's an upgrade. Yeah, we'll see. Boy, we shall see. Steeler Nation 412, would you rather want uh, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett? And if yes, why? I'll go first. I do want Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett because I think if he's going to have to wait a year anyways, you'll get him into the system, and I think he's a dynamic playmaker. Um, I watched some film of him this week. I like what I've seen so far, but Brian, what do you think? I'd rather not have any of them, but if I'm taking one, I'm taking Malik Willis because of his exactly what you said. What I saw in the senior bowl from both guys was not impressive. Dave. This week I would take Willis. I don't know if it would be the same answer three weeks from now, but I definitely don't want to have to move out of 20 for either one of them. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Maddie Peverell, what jersey are you wearing this year, Jeff, with no Ben? Um, it's a good question. I, I won't be wearing a jersey until I find a player that I really, really like that I want a jersey. So I'll just wear a shirt or something, or maybe I'll just wear a Ben Roethlisberger jersey because people still do that, even though they're not playing. Andrew Wilbar, our own Andrew Wilbar, he thankfully didn't jump off the bridge this week when Pat Meyer was hired. We're all thankful for that. He said, do you move Dan Moore or Dotson to the right side this year? Brian, what do you think? If you're moving anybody, it's Dan Moore, but you got to have a pretty good reason for it. Okay. Dotson did play on the right side in college. Just keep that in mind. But Dave, what do you think? 
Only if absolutely necessary. People between wanting to move Ryan Shazier to safety years ago and everything, everyone wants to move someone from where they are, thinking that they're just magically going to be better. Um, I was all in favor of them moving Matt Filer from tackle to guard. And like I said before, even though he was better at guard this year in, in almost said San Diego and for the powder blue team, um, he still didn't grade out as high as he did at tackle for the Steelers. So sometimes even when you think you're moving someone to where they'll be stronger, they're not. I still remember the whole Shazier to safety thing. Gosh, that yeah. drove me up a wall. Oh my goodness. Scott Mitchell, odds of two at playing at least one regular season snap this year in 2022. What do you think, Brian? Does he play or not? One in a million. I don't think he's you playing. Think he, wow. Hmm. Okay, Dave, you agree or disagree? So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a no, the problem is it's so all or nothing. He's either gonna be back and better than ever in full force, or he's gonna be not at all. Um, it, there's nothing in between. So it's either it's it, to me, it's either hundreds of snaps or zero. Uh, right now I'd lean towards zero, but I'm not really strong one way or the other. I think he plays. I think he plays, uh, Tyler W what's more likely win 10 games or draft a quarterback next year. Brian, what do you think? <sighs> win 10 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave. That's a tough question. Can I answer both? No. Um, let's let's go. Let's <laughs> go win ten would. games. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> that's a tough question. I'm going to say they draft a quarterback. I'm going to say they draft a quarterback because they're going to win eleven games. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Richard Adamson says, "Do you think that they build up the right side of the offensive line?" Goodness, I hope so. But Brian, what do you think? Yeah, they need to. Uh, Richard, yeah, I, I think they're going to upgrade that line, not only in free agency, but in the draft. You're going to see, I think you're going to see at least two offensive linemen drafted, and you're going to, somebody's coming in via free agency. Dave? I'm not saying right side, left side, middle side. You need to build that defensive line somewhere and you likely can't build that's a defensive offensive line somewhere and you and you probably can't do it all in one offseason you really can't but you have some things in place that things that were strengths if they end up being your weaknesses that's a good thing if you can give me a minute i know this isn't rapid fire but if anyone reads steelers.com bob labriola he said something about kevin dodson not playing nearly as well this year as he did the year before well, the problem was he was playing between two rookies, you know, and he was still not playing bad. And I mean, he was talking about if Dotson doesn't doesn't improve at all, he might not make it through training camp. And I'm like, he was playing between two rookies. If you have Dotson playing with guys that are stronger than him on each side, my goodness, what do you expect? But instead, he's playing, you know, with guys that are getting their first NFL experience. They need to get better everywhere. Um, and I don't and and well, it doesn't have to be everywhere, but it needs to be improvement in multiple places. And I'm not even set on which place it has to be. Okay. Let, let's go. Rant over. It's okay. <laughs> Two questions that were similar. I'm yeah. going to throw them up one after the other. Dust Thunder says, do you think the Steelers should get a, get a veteran like Adam Thielen? I didn't know he's available mm-hmm. to lead the way for the younger guys. And then Brian Brown says, do you think, uh, I had to say this because Rico, Rico. <laughs> Anthony Miller and Cody white are good enough to fill the receiver void next year. What do you think the Steelers have to do at receiver? Brian, go ahead. You know, I would love to see a veteran come in. Uh, Rico Bussey, Anthony Miller, Cody white. One of them could probably come in. If you have all three, you're in trouble. Dave. 
they they need more than what they have under contract now. They need it, um, whether it's signing some of their own or signing somebody else. I'm not going to go into specific players that are available uh, because I don't even know who they are. Um, but it you gotta you, you can't go with just Claypool and Johnson, um, and then the other guys like listed there. You, you're going to need at least one more yeah. in one way or the other. I like those guys because as as like four wide receiver four or five, so you mm-hmm. need another wide receiver three. That's the important thing. Uh, George Rice must be from Wheeling, West Virginia. He says Jeff Parker Central, Wheeling Central Catholic High School. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Graduated two thousand and one. Get your Wheeling Park nastiness out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you went to Central too. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Let's go one more. We'll go one more. Then we go to Dave. Uh, one more after this, though. Okay, so after more. this, we're we're doing the best we can. Knight Rider yeah. sixteen. Do you think coaches? Would like Malik Willis as much if he was a part of last year's draft class? Great question, Brian. What do you think? I have no idea. I I really don't. Uh, I don't. I really didn't think they were going to take a quarterback last year either. So, um, you know, it's a possibility. But they were gearing up for they were gearing up for Ben Roethlisberger last year. So I don't know if he would be a possible. I don't know if I'm even answering the question right. All I know is I, th- this is just tough for me. I, well, who were the sure. quarterbacks last year is what you have to figure out. So we had the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. You had the guy that went to the Jets. Yeah, he went, uh, what's his Zach, name? Zach Wilson. Zach, Zach Morris. Trey Lance. From, <laughs> saved by the bell. Yeah. Um, Trey Lance. Uh, who else went in the first Mac round? Jones. Mac Jones. Good call. At 15. And Justin Fields. Yeah. And Justin Fields. Five first-round yeah. quarterbacks were selected last year. In the top 15. So would – Malik Willis, would people still like him this much with that group? Probably, uh, probably, yeah. I think he would have been in that mix. He might have okay. pushed Mac Jones down a little bit. I would, I wouldn't have put him any higher than four in there. Um, but we never just, saw, we never saw Trey Lance going where he did either, though. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. But you know, would you 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 were in love with Trey Lance? Do you would 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 your is your love this year for Malik Willis more than it was for Trey Lance well, last first year? First and foremost, I have better? not declared my love for Malik Willis yet. Exactly, that's yet. my point. Is but that, I will say that he is more dynamic than Trey Lance. Trey I see, Lance, I'm not sure. So Trey Lance was a good opportunity. That's what I thought. A good quarterback <laughs> that didn't play that year because the season was canceled. Maybe he falls to the Steelers and they could get their quarterback of the future. It was literally just the situational aspect of things. Malik Willis is a different beast, in my opinion. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. What's your question right. that you want to get? I'll put this one. Okay, go ahead. If if Kendrick Green is training with Pouncey, is it possible to think the Steelers will let him stay at center next season? Well, I mean, Mike, yeah. I mean, they, they, why would they not give him an opportunity? Yeah. No, but my point is it's the fans that are trying to move him to guard. Not the Steelers. Oh, and no, no. There was a very prominent player that said something as well. Of course, (laughs) but that was his way of not criticizing the player. Do you guys realize? I mean, I think you—if you listen to Steeler Stackie this week, you would find this out. Do you realize that Kendrick Green is the highest drafted player on the Steelers' offensive line last year? Yeah, I heard you say that. I was actually stunned. I actually thought to myself, is that possible? And, he and we wonder why they were what they were. 
I broke it all down on StatGeek when people want to know how much does the coach affect the play. I'm like, how much, how about how much does the, I mean, yes, you can find guys like an Al Villanueva and like a Ramon Foster, but you can't have an entire line of them because you're not going to knock it out of the park every time with guys like that. But if you have guys like that, that you fill in with other, you know, for the longest time, the Steelers had two ones and a two. They had Pouncey, they had DeCastro, they had Marcus Gilbert. And you won, and their line was very good because they had that. They are who we thought. Brian, they were. have we let Brian answer this we question? Did. I can't. We let him off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was, I think it was Arthur Motes that that mm-hmm. reported that Kendrick Green said that he has every indication in his exit interview that they're keeping him at center. Yeah. It, and with this news that that he's working out with Pouncey, they're trying to keep him at center and see how he makes that jump from one to two. He's obviously serious about it. He's obviously working out already and working hard to play hard. So if that happens, then, you know, he could be the guy that we forget all about all the criticism from last year. I keep going back to this every single year. Everybody... There's, excuse me, not everybody, but most people, after they only saw him play about two or three games in 2003, thought Troy Polamalu was a bust and only knew about him because he was the guy with the long hair. 2004, he was on everybody's brain and he was a superstar. Yeah. Can I just say also about the Pouncey and Green thing? It says a lot about Green to either accept the invitation or uh, to put himself in that situation, but it also says a lot about pouncy to even want to work with the guy so even yeah. if he went reached yeah. out to pouncy and said hey man would you mind like i'd love to pick your brain pouncy could be like dude you took my number the year after i left you suck no we're not i'm not doing that and he did it so that said it's it's a two-way street that i think that's very important dave you disagree and i no, i'm gonna say the report was he checked with pouncy before he did the number because he didn't want to disrespect right. him so i don't fine. know if that's really that's happened fine. or not but I know then then people are saying, well, didn't Coach Tallman talk about his position flexibility? My thing is, if Kendrick Green does not work out as your starting center, then you can have him as a backup along the entire interior offensive line. So he's going to be one or the other. He really is. So you might as well just try to let him get going. I don't know if what Ben was talking about, about moving into guard meant he's not having to make the calls. He's not having to do this and that, but you also have to look, look at what the Steelers did. You're like, Oh, look how great JC Hasenauer did in his first game when he was playing against the Browns. Look at the schemes that they ran in their blocking. They dumbed it down. They didn't ask him to make the same kind of calls that they were asking green to do. It's kind of, but then when they did the next week, it wasn't nearly as good. I really don't want to go down this Kendrick Green rabbit yeah. hole because I'm going to start getting fired up and I'm going to yeah. start yelling and screaming. So let's not do that. We'll save it for another one. Dave, you have a game to play. Yes, Please I have a game. Let us know what that is. It's based on the title of the show. We were talking about players or coaches and position coaches and how and how um, important they are. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go back and forth. And I still have a quick trivia after this, though. We're going to go back and forth. You guys can decide. You know what? Here we go. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Four. Brian wins. It's two. It's always two for me. I don't know. Why. Mason, Mason, um, Tim Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's just always been two. Um, so Brian, you can go first. What we're going to do is we're going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers. When was the last year they won a Super Bowl? 
2008. 2008. Back and forth, one at a time, until either someone gets one wrong or they can't come up with anybody. And I'm checking them off. Name the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff. Go. Brian, two, give me one name. I'm sorry, 2008? 2008. Okay, one name. You, why are you putting me against him? Like, this is not fair. I'm not good at this stuff. But we'll go, and Brian will win, and it's go ahead. I'll start with Bruce Arians. That would be the offensive coordinator. Mike Tomlin. That would be the head coach. Cheap. Oh, <laughs> you left it for him. What are you doing? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Dick LeBeau, then. That's the defensive coordinator. Uh, Richard Mann. And we are done. <laughs> Brian really? officially wins. Richard Mann was not the coach in 2008. Oh, I thought he was. Let's see how much better. Let's keep going. Brian. Brian, John, you just keep going. I'll stop playing. John Mitchell. John Mitchell, who was the defensive line slash assistant head coach. Jeff, can you think of any other ones? 2008. I think Dick Hoke had already retired, so that's not on there. Um, I was going to say Dick Hoke. I don't that think would he be was incorrect. Okay. Who was the running backs coach at then? It wasn't Saxon. Was it uh, Kirby, Kirby Wilson. Wilson? Kirby Wilson was the running backs coach. Oh, Kirby Wilson, new coach of the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Uniforms yeah. Those uniforms today. are yeah. hideous, by the way. Those are disgusting. Yep. Horrible oh. colors. <laughs> stupid shoulder pad. That's awful. That's what. Original um, color. It wasn't Darren Perry. Was Carnell Lake on staff? Nope. No. Come on, you're missing another really easy one. I had it at the top of my Oh, Jerry, Jerry O was still there, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. No, there. but you're getting closer. Oh, J no, Joey Porter wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. Um, nope. Keith Butler. There you go. Thank oh. you. Who <laughs> the I Keith thought Butler. I already said him. No. It's kind of hard, isn't it? And we're all up in arms about the Steelers' assistant coaches. And well, we you're can't talking even about name. 2008. Dan. They won the Super Bowl with this coaching staff. And that's what there, it really takes to win the Super Bowl. I wasn't Bowl. running behind the steel curtain, Dave. I wasn't running behind the steel curtain. I know. I know. Really know all this it's kind of making a point. Was Randy Feetner there? Randy Feetner was the wide receivers coach. Uh, the Who was the quarterback's coach is the question at that time. It, uh, it wasn't the... It wasn't Kenny Anderson. Oh, Don't say it. Say it. Say it. It was Kenny. Kenny was it Kenny Anderson? Yeah. yeah. That's the quarterback's coach. I thought he retired before that Super nope. Bowl, but I guess I was wrong. Nope. You should know the tight ends coach. Why is it the same one? <laughs> no, because no, Alfredo was until he retired last yeah, year. He, he was there forever. Uh I don't know. Eric Green. Ready? No, you're you're ready to hear the rest of the coaching staff. Yeah, okay. It sure. was James, James Daniel was tight ends coach. Oh, uh, if is. you remember from my stat geek this morning, uh, Larry Zerline was the offensive line coach, and then Harold Goodwin was an offensive assistant on the defense. You had you know LeBeau, Butler, and and John Mitchell. You didn't have Ray Horton as the defensive backs coach and Lou Spanos as a defensive assistant. You also missed. I'm going to miss Prowse's name so bad. Bob Legashkeski <laughs> as the special teams. Doug Legurski? <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of when I see it. And Amos Jones as the assistant special teams coach. Amos Derway? So, I remember Amos yeah. Jones. Yeah. 
So <laughs> it just kind of goes to show they win the Super Bowl and we don't know half their coaches. Well, Zerline, a lot of people didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a bad that was not a good offensive line and they did win the Super Bowl. And they did. And but remember I mentioned it in my stat geek this morning. He, he had a bit of a scandal his first year there in 2007 where he inadvertently forwarded a um um inappropriate email to a bunch of people in the NFL including Roger Goodell. <laughs> I remember that. What was the, what was in the email? <laughs> they just have I don't know. Just don't, I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't a Skippy Reed type no. thing. All I know <laughs> is that I think that email must have got sent to Daniel McCullers, <laughs> and he held on to it for a long time. Passing that to Ray Ray McLeod now. Yeah, yeah you. He's hitting, he's hitting the forward button. <laughs> you ready for a quick question? <laughs> sure. Uh, a quick trivia as we all know if you're looking at lifetime earnings as a pittsburgh member of the pittsburgh steelers that would go that distinction goes to by far ben roethlisberger with how much he earned playing for the steelers and in his uh, you know lifetime contract this isn't active this is just all time for pittsburgh steelers who's number two Oh, number two. I actually looked at this list not too long ago. Um, it's they're currently playing, right? No, not necessarily. This is all time. Anytime. Oh, all time. I know Cam Hayward's up on that list pretty high. He would be the number two. Yeah. I was gonna say I I I knew he was either two or three because I remember yeah. seeing that list. Yeah. And he deserves it too. Yeah. Three was Marquise Pouncey, four was Antonio Brown. Five was Troy Palomalu. Six was Lawrence Timmons. Seven was David DeCastro. And then, shockingly, eight was Stefan Tuitt. He's been paid. Yep. Nine, Joe Hayden. And ten, Ike Taylor. Joe Hayden. TJ Watt will be moving up that list. He's actually 12th on the list right now. He will be moving up rapidly. Yes. Yes. So just like all the sack records, yeah. <laughs> moving up the list rapidly. <laughs> all right, Brian, let's do your game. All right. Who's the man? First round pick da, by the Steelers da, 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 in the 1994 NFL draft. 94 first round pick. Why? I Wait, I know. Jeff, we are terrible if we don't know this. No, we're not. I was 11. I've got to pass. (laughs) This gentleman set the Colorado Buffalo single season mark for receiving yards, which he teamed up with Cordell Stewart to rack up 1,149 as a junior. It's not odd. Was it, was it Johnson? Yeah, it's Johnson. It's Charles Johnson. Johnson. Yep. He was, yeah. As soon as he said Colorado, I knew that was. Made two catches against the Steelers in the 2001 AFC Championship game as a member of the Patriots. I did not know that. Ooh, I didn't either. So how about those apples? All right, let's try another one. Selected out of East Texas State University in the fourth round of the 1971 NFL Draft. 71. This gentleman won four Super Bowl titles in a ninth, excuse me, in a 10-year NFL career spent entirely with the Steelers. Okay, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said drafted in 71? Yes. Fourth round. Fourth round. I don't round. I'm not going to remember the round. But you said 10 years with the Steelers won four Super Bowls, right? Yep. 
I have a shot. See, no, it's not Ham. He was drafted too high. I'm going Dwight White. This gentleman bounced back from pneumonia early in the week and recorded yep. the only first half points in Super Bowl nine when he sacked Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkenton for a safety. Mad Dog Dwight White. Nice job, David. <laughs> Jeff, you get the participation. I knew it. I, for not I, 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 knew he was, I wasn't sure if he was 71, but I knew he was early 70s and he wasn't drafted in the first couple rounds. So oh, I'm laughing at Tyler. That's all. Uh-oh. <laughs> what, what Tyler said. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) okay anyways let's see final thoughts i was gonna say or was it (laughs) brian go ahead with your final thoughts (laughs) okay my final thoughts will be dedicated to the new uniforms of the pittsburgh maulers but jeff is going to make me not do that so i'm not going to talk about the pittsburgh maulers whatsoever Gosh, all I can say is it's February. We've got 136 looking at us in the live chat. Pat yourself on the back because whether you agree or you disagree, you love the Steelers so much that you're hanging out with these three guys on a Thursday night and you're listening to it on Monday afternoon maybe as well in your car on the freeway instead of something else. So thank you. All right, Dave, final thoughts. This was fun. I like talking about the Steelers. I like the questions from the fans. <laughs> I like the banter that we have. If you're going to, I mean, what what else are we going to do here during the offseason? But come here, have a good time. I'm just glad that that to, to look in the live chat and see some names there of, of a lot of people I know and some people that I haven't seen before. Uh, maybe, maybe or maybe not. But uh, appreciate all of you. I love that we all have different opinions and that we can say them. And you know what? It's okay if we're wrong, especially if it means that the Steelers win football games. Yeah, good show, guys. Last week's show sucked, so it was a good rebound for us. Um, so with that being said, those are my final thoughts. Make sure you check us out wherever you get your... Flustered from the DJ Watt thing. Come on. I Gosh, know. I'm um, never going to be allowed to pick a title again. <laughs> Uh, I only do 20 your... some a week, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, make sure you search uh, Behind the Steel Curtain or Steelers so you get everything. Greg W. gives us $5, says Steelers Nation. Thank you for the tip. We do appreciate it. Um, there is going to be a Sunday show, Reginald. Uh, we're setting that up as we speak. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, thanks, Dave. Why don't you send us out? Hey. We'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy, everyone.